Thank you for downloading this podcast by, hosted by the Cambridge MBA for the New Game blog. Today, we are speaking to Oberking Matloko, one of four co-founders of Soatech, a company in South Africa who has launched a new app called After Robot. So, Oberking, first, thank you very much for joining us. Can you give us uh, an idea about the minibus industry in South Africa, which After Robot, your product, serves? Okay, thanks. Um, yes. Um, so, essentially, the name says it all. It's a minibus. So, it's um, anything between a 14 to a 22-seater vehicle that is route-based. So typically, as um, your users would understand, is that you know public transport has a couple of variations. You've got your one-to-one service. Now, your one-to-one service would be like your meter taxi. So that would typically be what your users would understand as a taxi. So it's a vehicle that would collect you from your origin and drop you off at your destination. And then you've got then the other mode, which is your one-to-many service. So that will be your buses, uh, planes, and trains. And those will typically be route-based. Um, and then in that, you have um, a different sort of in the one-to-many service. You've got either a scheduled service, meaning at 3 o'clock, at 4 o'clock, the vehicle will depart. Um, or you've got your load-based service, which is what the minibus taxi industry is. It's a route-based, load-based service. And so meaning that at 3 o'clock, if the vehicle is not full, the vehicle would not depart. And hence people sometimes wait or if it is full, um, then it would leave or they would sort of drive around looking for people. Now, how this industry um, is formulated is that um, typically um, you would have your driver. So your driver would drive the vehicle around looking for passengers. But that vehicle is owned by an owner. So an individual owner, they might own one vehicle or they might own a whole bunch of vehicles. Now, these vehicles would be route-based, so they would be limited to driving on a specific route as, as, as is required. Now, then these owners come together to form an association of owners. Now, this association of owners would then um, play sort of an overarching role in terms of how, how, how things operate within this route that they manage. So they would apply, say, to government to, to get like operating licenses to operate in the route on behalf of their members. This association would also then hire um, uh, people. So the first people obviously would be your admin guys, but then on the route itself, you would have what we call a queue marshal. Now, a queue marshal is a person whose responsibility it is to sort of at the at the nodal points. So at main nodal points, which is taxi ranks, um, a lot of different routes come in and out of a taxi rent, as you would have at a bus at a main bus depot, where you'd have um, you know. Uh, different routes going into different areas. And essentially they have what they call a queue marshal there, who's a person who's in charge of allocating, you know, uh, vehicles on a particular route, making sure that passengers also stand in the correct queue and then they can merge with the vehicle and then get dispatched. Um, they'd also have people like your route, route patrollers who would then patrol to see that the drivers are actually, you know, um, in the correct in the correct um, routes so that one driver who's supposed to be on this route is not on another association's routes. Um, so it is sort of, it is, it is structured as informal as it might be. 
it is quite um, structured, but it's just not recorded very well. So there's a lot of inefficiencies that pop up within the system. So it's not just the driver who decides one day to get up and, 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 and get a vehicle and start driving. It's a, it's a bit more control than that. Why did you come up with the name after robot? Uh, the joke is that, you know, in South Africa, our traffic is directed by robots. Um, we call our traffic lights robots. And typically people in the vehicle, when they want to get off the, the, the taxi, would say, you know, um, after robot driver. So meaning I'm getting off after the robot. So that's, 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 where, that's where it comes from. Could you tell us a bit about uh, after robot? What is it and what is the market need that it addresses? Um, thanks, Cole. Um, After Robot is an application um, for the minibus taxi industry, and its core focus is to bring the minibus taxi industry and its users closer together using um, the, the mobile device. And basically, um, what we've realized is that because of the structure of the minibus industry, um, we're actually dealing with a double-sided uh, model um, in terms of, on the one hand, we've got two distinct customers. The first one being the taxi industry itself and the needs that it has. And essentially, we're using them as now the, 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 the stepping stone to get to the commuter because then the commuter has their needs. So if I may start in terms of what, what, what the needs are for the individual customers themselves, for the commuter, really, um, called the, their need is that they have an inability to safely plan their journey. You know, a lot of people um, 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 or a lot of your listeners really would, would take this one for granted. But just having information about what time you will get home, um, as simple as that might be, it's a challenge for a lot of people every day because they just don't know. Um, and essentially for the taxi industry itself, their need is that they have a serious lack of operational visibility and a lot of inefficiency in their process because they, they don't record a lot of what's happening. So they're not fully aware of what their operations are. And essentially this is what we've identified as, as you know, what the need that after robot would fulfill. So essentially the value for each customer that we um, as after robot uh, are bringing is that for the commuter, um, you know, we're giving them information um, for peace of mind so that they can have guidance, you know, in terms of they can ensure having a safe journey. And typically what I'd say is, um, you know, um, a lot of the, 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 the people that use the services, you'll have mothers, um, people that are generally breadwinners and they, 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 they honestly um, need information about what time the vehicle will arrive, um, whether or not that vehicle has space for them, and what, essentially also what time they will get home. And right now they don't have that. And what we're saying to the industry is that um, their value really is in understanding their operations, you know, um, because there's a lot of inefficiency in terms of they don't understand what's happening in, on their routes. So um, route modeling, um, passenger mo movements, what's, what's the demand like on their routes so that they can supply the demand efficiently. So this is what we're trying to do and hence the product that we've developed um, for the commuter is really a mobile application um, to access um, this information from the taxi industry. Talk about how you brought this product to the passengers. Um, to be honest with you, it's been a, a very major challenge to really get this uh, product out because 
I mean, as you can understand, we're dealing with a, 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 a consumer base where we are trying to really bring in information where they are not used to getting information at all. So we are trying to bring in big data in a dataless environment. So we've had a, oh, such such big uh, challenges, but we managed to really speak to um, um, quite a progressive taxi association, um, um, which is called, um, um, and the acronym is AMSTA, which stands for the Alexandra Randberg uh, Medrand Santon Taxi Association. So um, we managed to speak to the to the association itself and a number of the owners just to explain what it is we were trying to do. Um, and so this is how just having a series of meetings and really you have to just put in the groundwork meet your client as often as you can, answer any question, even though even if you've answered a question, you answer it again and again. And I think through that, we were able to also convince them that we, we are, you know, also one thing that we found is that I think the approach to development that we also took um, was that we wanted to sort of have a sort of a joint application uh, development with our users. So, because typically what happens is that um, South Africa is more of a software resale environment where people would get technology, say, from the UK or Germany and just, um, you know, slightly adapt it and really bring it in fully into the country. Whereas we said, no, this one we're developing for the industry and with them. So a lot of the way that the app functions, we got we got actually um, 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 feedback from, from the actual industry itself. Um, and hence, um, we were able to really move, move a bit further with, with Amster. Um, initially, what we had thought is that we would just, you know, um, develop the app and have it there, and then we'd bring on the commuter. But we soon realized that actually to have um, any impact to a commuter, we actually first of all need to have, have this app spread uh, more ubiquitously because, the, you know, if you tell people about an, a particular application and they download it, our app, it's not an app where you can just have it on an app store. It, it's, it's supported by a physical service. So this was also part of what, what, what really guided uh, our rollout strategy. So actually what we decided to then do is to then have a totally dedicated, um, we call it enterprise approach just for the industry itself because we need to get um, technology, hardware, tablets into the hands of queue marshals. Um, we need to get mobile devices into the hands of drivers um, that would obviously uh, cater for the service. So right now, this is where we are. We are at that point where we, we're testing the enterprise side of the application with a view to bringing on the commuters. So right now we sort of in a closed rollout phase where we're just targeting the taxi industry for now, but it's not for a very long time because um, actually part of our challenge is just having the, 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 the correct funding to be able to roll out to so many associations and obviously market to them, convince them about the application um, and then get their roots because it's also a thing where you need to go with them and, and, and they are the people that have the knowledge to tell you, uh, you know, it's one thing you can have a, a, a GPS coordinate on an app, but they are the ones that tell you, okay, people congregate around here or people stand around particular points. So um, 
we had to do a lot of that groundwork and we actually still need to do a lot of more of that before we roll it on and 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 have the commuters get on board. So even though our commuter app is 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 ready, we decided not to to launch it. So while we build out the taxi industry side, um, but this 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 will not. Um, right now, we actually need funding to roll out quicker. But we're looking at about a year to a year and a half uh, at the worst case before we have every commuter on. So we'll do it in phases. So as we finish an area. And we've got a, a, a big enough portion of the associations and the routes, so we bring on commuters. Obakeng, you mentioned uh, funding a few times. So how has um, After Robot been, been funded? And also, how do you uh, foresee yourself getting additional funding, uh, especially as you roll out this, uh, the enterprise, which is obviously going to be a bit capital intensive? We, we got funding because um, we, 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 we won a number of uh, competitions. So... One of the first one was the Gauteng Innovation Competition. So Gauteng is the province of of South Africa that we are in now. Um, and basically we got a, a couple of, uh, we won a competition there. And then we, we, we also found out about a, a place called the Innovation Hub. Um, so the Innovation Hub is actually a science park that is... Um, um, dedicated towards technology. Um, it's it's in the region of Tuane within Gauteng, which which is um, in the city of uh, uh, city of Tuane. Um, I think most people on your side would know it as Pretoria. Um, and so then while we were there, we also found out about the 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 M Lab. So the M Lab is a World Bank, um, South African government, Finnish government um, collaboration sort of a. Uh, ICT incubator um, in the mobile space. So we, we also got um, access to some support, uh, sort of startup funding from there. So this has allowed us to build a product to the level where we are now, where we know we've tested it uh, sufficiently in terms of the enterprise side, at least to roll out on the Q Marshall app side. Um, but obviously moving forward, uh, as you've highlighted this, that we are looking for further funding now to help us now in the rollout process. Um, and we are speaking to also corporates because there are, there are corporate interventions where they've got things like your, um, 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 the enterprise development, uh, programs, but, um, obviously these are also, quite challenging as well to get to. So we are looking that the, the funding landscape is, I would say it's not like um, what, or what we see and observe coming from the, you know, the, the developed community, let me say, where, you know, I mean, <laughs> guys get things in the region of 19 billion and all these kind of things. Um, our funding typically would be in your currencies in the, hundreds of thousands to achieve what we've achieved. So we run a more lean operation, I must say, versus, you know, a lot of the guys on your side because the funding here is not as strong as it, it is on your side. But, 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 but we do what we can with what we have. Great. Obeking, just can you give us very briefly some um, uh, idea about how successful After Robot has been in terms of the uh, adoption by the enterprise so right now um really we've ran a pilot for about seven months um and and basically if 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 i put it in a nutshell the results that we are getting 
is from, I really like to remind people, this is just one association that, that gave us one route to trial, which has about five, 251 vehicles. Now, if you put it in perspective, um, there's 14 million of these vehicles in Africa. So we have only, you know, piloted 200, we've got 251 that we are actively monitoring. So what we've seen is that we've seen a couple of things come out. The first one is that um, we're starting to notice things like your dispatch frequency rate. Now, your dispatch frequency rate is the frequency at which vehicles get obviously dispatched at the particular uh, ranks along the route. And what we're starting to see is that um, the dispatch frequency rate and the AMPM uh, off-peak uh, period are starting to correlate in that your dispatch frequency rate in your peak periods would average somewhere between five minutes and um, anything between seven, seven to ten minutes, meaning that um, as a passenger, we can actually tell you roughly how long it would take you to wait at a, at a particular uh, rank before um, you would get a vehicle and then leave. So based on the time of day, so in the, like I said, in the AM peaks, the time would be much shorter. But as the day progresses and the, and the demand for, for, for their services drops, your waiting time could be in the region of close to 30 minutes, an hour even, um, depending on where you are. And then, and then um, so we're able to give that kind of data. We're also able to see now there's been about 161,000 commuter dispatch that we've seen and these are people that are actually on the vehicle itself so we actually now know how many people were at at any particular uh, uh, taxi rank which is actually information that is quite hard to come by um, for most people and then we're also able to see how many um, vehicle dispatches there were along that route so we've seen now close to 11,138 roughly um, dispatches uh, of of vehicles, so this is vehicles that have that we've seen come in, wait in a queue, pick up his passengers, and leave. Um, so this take, took us about seven months to record this data in one isolated environment. Now, like I said, Africa has 14 million of these vehicles all over the place, and a billion people that are that are that are on these vehicles. So um, you could really have a good sense about really what's what's happening with people and why this information is important is that you know if you know where people um where their movement patterns are where their migration patterns are you know you know where to put certain services say like for planning authorities you know they know now where the demand for a certain type of service will be just because they know where people are, are moving from where they're going to um and things like that so this is the kind of data that we're starting to see come up. It's amazing what you could do with that sort of big data. And I think you've expressed very well that the challenge is not just um, adoption, but also the collection of that big data and then later on packaging it and seeing what the potential is. Um, King, thank you very much for giving us mm-hmm. your time. Um, I wish you all the best with uh, After Robot, uh, the funding and also the further expansion.